All right. Welcome to the first episode of Cooperative Conversations. This is your host, Caroline Savory, and I'm here with the inimitable Jonathan Stalls of Intrinsic Paths. Um, so good to be with you. Thank you. <laughs> this is a totally experimental um, product. We haven't rehearsed anything. We've only discussed briefly what we're going to talk about. But this is the first um, going to be the first episode in a series called Cooperative Conversations that shares about cooperativism, cooperative best practices, and the cooperative development process for people starting co-ops. So I hope that this will become a learning resource for people starting co-ops, people interested in developing co-ops, and we will have special guests such as Jonathan Stalls on these episodes, as well as simply recording the cooperative development conversations that I have with various clients in the early stages of starting a co-op. So um, today we're going to start the, the conversation off by discussing um, kind of a deeper theme of cooperatives, um, or I should say a deeper theme of how we cooperate as people with uh, what wants to happen. So I was on a walk recently, a hike actually, at Genesee Park. Um, and as I was walking and feeling so good, my body was just flushing out and feeling so good, I thought of you, Jonathan. <laughs> and I thought of Naveed and, and um, Walk to Connect and other resources that really promote the benefits of walking. And I, I thought about this question of how do we cooperate with what wants to happen in us and through us. I really felt like when I was walking, I was meeting a need, an unmet need in my own self. You know, so that's what inspired the conversation today. And so the theme is going to be discussing um, how do we cooperate with what wants to happen in our bodies? And how do we cooperate with what wants to happen through us in our communities? Um, and how does this relate to forming cooperatives as well? So I'll, I'll hand it over to Jonathan to <laughs> share a bit about his perspective on these things. Oh my gosh. Well, just, it's so good to be here with you and holding space in this way, Caroline. Thank you for just the invitation and for just how much you nourish uh, this big, expansive invitation of cooperation and cooperative work and all the things around it. So I'm honored to be here with you. Um, there, well, I just, I feel like there's no one, there's no answer to these questions. It's so exploratory. It's so, uh, there's so much untapped, um, unexplored uh, spaces around how cooperation lives in us and lives in me and these different realms. I, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to riff a little bit around your question and you know, the first thing, you know, because you named being out in nature and being out moving your body um, at Genesee Park, and I think just rooting into that a little bit, I, you know, my, my most cherished source of cooperation, um, mirroring cooperation, teaching me about cooperation is, is the natural world, um, is the different ecosystems that surround us outside of, uh, you know, our various walls and screens and automobiles and things that in a lot of ways separate us from this unbelievable uh, ecosystem of cooperation that is outside of, 
in the outside world, as I often, I kind of often call it under our true ceiling. And so the, you know, I think about the details, I'm constantly, when I'm moving um, by foot or by wheelchair, however is relevant to you, I, it's I, the details of the trees as they reach into the soil, um, the way they meet you on the path, the way they reach into the sky, the way the, the seasons change and evolve, the different, all the different species and very much the human species that depend on these, these, these forces of oxygen and carbon dioxide, these forces of nourishment from soil. And um, like, so all of these different pieces coming together to help us breathe. And then, you know, then we're invited to kind of look in, look inward at all the ecosystems of cooperation. And so I always, I always think about the way the lungs in some ways mirror and look like the branches of trees and all the cooperating of breathing in what all, all the work that the tree is doing in the outside world to bring in nourishment to our lungs and into our bodies to keep all of our systems moving. Um, and so there's something, you know, I know that in some ways that can feel obvious, but I, 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 I think it's such an important anchor around what is, what is already right outside our front doors as a teacher of cooperation. Um, as 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 wisdom teachers of how do we move into a more of a cooperative relationship with you know people in our life with various systems with uh, relationships uh, specifically romantic relationships family relationships uh, working relationships um, with food with obviously with business and work and commerce and economics and so I think. You know, I could go on and on, but I just the, the first thing that comes up around that question is the relationship to what's right outside our front door as as teachers, as as these really rich uh, places of invitation that kind of like you said on your walk that invite us to go like to be connected to them, but also invite us to go inward. And that's where I, I always think about breath and lungs related to trees as just this kind of grounding principle of cooperation. Hmm. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Um, and it's reminding me of um, the teachings that Asia Dorsey um, provides around how the, the real nature of ourselves is as these communities, these microbiomes and the gut communities. Yes. Without them, we wouldn't, we just wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be a fraction of who we are. So we really depend on communities. Um, for our very existence. And um, I was learning recently about some research into the early stages of, of the evolution of life. And it, it also described that rather than there being one organism that is like our, our great ancestor, um, the way it may have worked is that there were communities of, um, of kind of uh, behaviors in terms of at the RNA level and those communities would drift and follow cycles of water and of airflow um, mm -hmm. and would seed each other until there was enough of a milieu for life to really propagate out of that. So it's just interesting to think that perhaps being defined by community um, and cooperation is, you know, is intrinsic to these natural systems. And we are natural systems as well. <laughs> completely. Yeah. Completely. And, you know, as you were, as you were just saying, you know, just 
something that comes up and it, it relates to your question also from earlier is is the is movement um and i think about you know very specific to to a lot of the work living life blood sweat tears <laughs> constantly experimenting around human movement whether that's through walking or rolling on a wheelchair just unhurried present attentive movement and as this gateway teacher portal access point to to all that is cooperating around us and within us and um, and so literally having our proximity to cooperation increase with unhurried movement and thinking about I was sharing um, with Caroline earlier but sharing with you earlier like th that you know, the winds right now, we're in Denver, Colorado, and the winds are really strong uh, right now in this time, in this time of year. And oh God, to be present and, and make the connection of wind blowing and things growing and blossoming in the spring season and how that also nourishes and moves us into cooperation themes and intentions. And so, you know, just just very specifically, I, I just I root a lot also um, into movement itself as as this invitation for having more proximity to what is cooperating around us, what wants to cooperate around us, what asks for us to be in cooperation with it, and how do we listen to what's trying to cooperate inside of our own beings? And I think that there's so many layers around that because when we are in a more sedentary position, when we are inside of things that have less and less touched the hands of people and have been made with machines that, you know, like you just think like there's just so much, there's so much artificial pressure depending on where we are. And so how to break out of that as and move with these more inherent intrinsic things that I think desire deeply for us to be more naturally cooperating. Mm, thank you. Beautifully said. And I, I'm thinking about movement and um, being in a flow state that, you know, to enter the flow state, it's kind of a state where you, you're, you're having a subjective experience of being kind of in cooperative co-creation with the forces that encompass you natural and otherwise and so um yeah so on this theme of movement too one of the things that i was thinking about is how you know why why is it that um our bodies seem to benefit so greatly from that movement from particularly walking the you know bipedal movement why why is it that it's so um, has so many benefits to our bodies, um, and the the only answer I can arrive at is evolutionary, right? Like we evolved to do that, and so something about repeating the pattern that we were formed doing is really healing. It's whole making. It makes us more whole in a way to. Um, kind of flush out our mental, emotional, and other systems when we're in that process of moving. So I wonder if you could speak more about um, walking as a, a method for kind of um, freeing the, the healthy, uh, healthy whole self, you know, um, how is it as a process for you? How does it play into healing and cooperating with your inner self? Oh my gosh, yeah, the, yeah. 
everything, <laughs> everything that you just said, my friend, the, the, and I'm, I would say just to dance around everything you've already said, just because it's it is, to me that the essence of what, what the human body is designed to be doing. Um, and again, just, I'm always so it, that this is inclusive even to, you know, a wheelchair powered stroller walker modality that there's this kind of unhurried bilateral, as you mentioned, kind of the left and the right, the to and the fro, the, you know, this, this rhythm of, of moving, you know, not only our bodies through time, but, but moving emotions and moving stress and moving things that are heavy, things that get stuck, things that, that, things that just haven't had a chance to breathe and be beyond what they are in the creative realm. Like when we think about creativity in terms of just expansive ideas and expansion beyond, uh, you know, kind of the, some of the, whatever the default story is that it's in our mind, that's in our doings. And so the actual inherent human movement and then linking it, like you said, to evolution as how have human beings survived so much, so much tension, uh, war, I mean, all these different realities with landscapes and, and, and seasons and natural disasters and all these different. So thinking about human bodies moving resilience and, and perseverance and, uh, you know, and, and so what, how does the body evolve to survive it? And so one of the, one of the things, you know, there's so many, there's so many ways this branches out, but I think so much around the, um, specifically the kind of the emotional, mental, uh, even spiritual in so, in so many ways, the realm that where we, where we, where we, where we hold heavy things, things that just land and sit and feel stuck. And we all in our own unique way have these things. It's really complex to each individual. It's, it's a, it's a tender, unique thing. And the human body slowly slowly and gently bilateral you've you know some of you have probably heard of emdr treatment some of you have heard of other techniques some leaning into hypnosis treatment some where that bilateral stimulation is is a tool to just gently open and hold and and heal and work with uh, trauma or just heavy things stressful things anything within that realm and so to to be of uh, in, to be of this planet in the human body and to be exercising our body to move with and move these heavy things around a little bit to release them. You know, so, some doctors and scholars and different people have really studied it. You know, they just talk about it moving from wherever something is stuck and it crosses through central brain and central brain kind of acts like a it acts like a, like, a, like a cleansing mechanism. So it's not like this isn't about fixing things. It's not about transaction of like, oh, if I do this, then this will go away. It's just this, it's a lifting, an honoring, a moving, a sifting, a filtering, a, a, an acknowledging process that, that just doesn't allow for the, the sheer weight of some of these things to, to take a lot of us out. Um, you know, it's, and it's, and I, and, yeah. And have us be 
feeling stuck in a problem solving mode right. or I have to fix this. I have right. to stay focused. I'm going right. to stay in this crunch. Exactly. What, you know, stepping outside of that and moving away and outside of and through other spaces allows for is, you know, the, the power, I think, of the unconscious mind to help sort the chaos of signals that, you know, or the, the stressful um, stimuli, the, the different signals. Um, and so just through the grace of this flowing movement, right, we come to clarity that's beyond a, a fixed um, idea that might, we might have been working from previously. And so there's something about kind of opening, right? Going outside and encountering and just, you know, seeing yes. new sights and experiencing sensations that um, just expands the mind from, as you mentioned, you know, there's a physical component to this as well, where we're sitting in these, you know, kind of fixed positions for a lot of the day and on computers, not in interaction that's physical. So, um, yeah, so how do we open ourselves up to, to freshness, but also to clarity of what, whatever we are, like you said, is heavy or stuck in us? Uh, yes, all of that. And, you know, and I think it's, it's so, it's, there's a simplicity around it. It, it. Like, you know, I think about all the people in our, in our lives, in our midst, me in so many ways, you in so many ways, depending on the circumstances that, you know, and I'm always, I'm always anchoring really strong here around, you know, cause around people who are walking in this time without a choice, who are walking to and from work, working class spaces where there's just, you're, you are moving and these tend to be and could be stressful environments where there are there is a lot of whether it's pressure whether it's different pressure points on the body itself or just in and and we all carry it in our own working spaces stress heaviness but thinking about just this kind of universal picture of the human body moving to help us whether it's expand and open or to just breathe and catch up with ourselves or to let go uh, of the day uh, to, 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 and so it's why I care so much. It's one of the campaigns that I run is called pedestrian dignity. And that's why I care so much about the, the dignity of this unhurried experience, um, you know, alongside walk to connect and what we've done at, at, at the co-op and just a lot of the things alongside it before it around it. And, you know, just in my own personal walking and movement journey, there are so many layers and so many gaps and so many things that don't make human movement easy in cities, suburban areas, and, and plenty of rural areas when it comes to practical activities, uh, grocery stores, transit, uh, libraries, schools, you know, there's so much that is kind of, entered itself into this this simple but nowadays not so simple in a lot of different with a lot of different filters human activity that is so intrinsic to our processing hard things heavy things opening and expanding dreaming and creating intuiting and so uh, so many of the things that have allowed humanity, I believe, to survive a lot of hard times and to evolve and emerge and how much more were and how were people walking and creating and intuiting and moving through these different things. And so I just, there's so many questions around that. There's so many spaces around that, but that, that simple nature, but also the complex nature um, 
because of our environments and because of transportation systems and oh my gosh I could go on and on <laughs> I love I love that you're I feel the a call to crack the conversation open and touch on some of the more social and societal levels of of this because yeah. um, I I think that you know there's many simple pathways for um, touching in and allowing the flow of our intuitive selves, but they're not necessarily ones that are socially encouraged. Um, there, uh, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, dignity, as you touched on in the unhurried movement, um, dignity is, you know, denied to us in, in other ways by the structures and infrastructures of modern society. And one of the things that I want to come back to is, um, how much our bodies and souls need cooperation and need to be ex need need to kind of have these experiences of communalism of solidarity and sharing knowledge and resources and work and care with a close community um, and again I, I believe that that comes from an evolutionary heritage that our bodies you know are primate bodies we evolved um, in small clans small groups that um, functioned very cooperatively and very and there was a lot of communication and sharing and when we cannot when we cannot access those shapes in modern life there's something really deeply wounding about that deeply repressing um, that and we just are forced in so many ways that are kind of invisible to just like handle <laughs> the many ways we're not let to be what we are, right? Mm -hmm. And that that really, it's just, there's so many little injustices that, that add up um, in that way. And it's something that really frustrates me because, you know, for example, the it, we, we live in the United States and this is a country that has really promoted the values of capitalism. And capitalism is based on some pretty outdated worldviews about humans <laughs> and human society and economics, including that, you know, um, a misinterpretation of the survival of the fittest and that we're meant to be competitive dog eat dog, right. you know, people. And, and that's actually not behaviorally true. And that's been demonstrated in so many ways. And so I think we're constantly being asked to go against the grain of what's natural to us. And one of the questions that I ask in my cooperative leadership workshop is, is cooperation something that we have to be taught or is it something that we have to remember how to do? Mm. Mm. And I love this question, right? Because it's like if we are made to do a certain, be a certain way by evolution and by our own spirits, our own intuitions and creative sides of ourselves, then why are there so many barriers to realizing that in the world? And, and why are we allowing for that at a societal level? And so I have a lot of hope for cooperativism mm. to help correct these imbalances and model alternatives that are more wholesome and attractive to, to, to human beings. Oh, yes. Yes to all of that. And I, just I'm moving alongside you in your words and in what you're sharing and I'm just yes there's the I, I feel so strongly that we are it's a it's an invitation of remembering it's an invitation of uncovering it's you know this it's so much you know this 
create that kind of the, a lot of the new creative work that I'm into now is kind of under the invitation of intrinsic paths because I just care so much about what it, you know, and imperfectly like I'm fumbling and experimenting. I, I grew up in capitalism USA. I grew up in competition. I grew up as an athlete. I grew up, you know, and so there's a, and so there's a lot of things being an artist, always being an artist, um, you know, being LGBTQIA plus has, has opened and, and opened all these, it just expanded these understandings between all these lines. Um, so there's things in so many peers in my life walking with so many different shades, colors, life experiences, ages, everything. Um, and, and moving with has just blown open the, the horizon around like the creative horizon around how we go deep into uncovering these 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 way more human uh, capacities to be of a sharing mind heart of a, co- a cooperative spirit and it's why you know it's why I just I love what you are doing with your work and with these kinds of conversations and and linking and not limited to but also linking cooperative formation as a business model and working with people to be hey this is practice this practice let's get really tangible let's break it down let's the cooperative model will ask of you to to start to just uncover some of these more human layers of maybe we can be of a way where there is a little more you are me and I am you in this time. And I think that, I, I think the, to have a, a, a structure that has existed for a really long time in places around the world is even way more central to operating and getting things done and organizing people and unique to the USA is in this, is in this complicated space, but is still a recognized system. Mm, Yeah. In some ways, not fully, uh, but like uh, there's so much room to be, and to be, to be creating uh, so many bridges between all these different things. And, and it does take, in a kind of willingness to become open inside and and open to yeah. the things that we've internalized that get in the way of our cooperative successes. And um, in my career as a co-op developer, you know, I have a lot of faith in the structure of cooperatives because they have been around for a long time and many communities have used them in many unique personally, you know, culturally appropriate ways to build what they needed and and to thrive. Um, But I do notice that without kind of a shared story of self and without a shared um, kind of uh, identity or or shared purpose as well, um, including, you know, just a a culture, a culture that that promotes um, collaborating with your neighbors and, um, you know, everybody supporting each other. Um, without those things, it is quite difficult to implement even the structures of cooperativism. And so, you know, the U.S. has relatively a very low number of co-ops to other parts of the world where it is the normal way of doing business there. And it's, you know, just the obvious choice for many communities who are already in practices of cooperating um, over many, many generations. And so we are, have a bit of a brokenness and wounding that we internalize from 
I think from a the, the capitalist culture, which is structurally and culturally very, you know, um, exploitative and, and somebody has to lose for me to win and, and this kind of attitude. And so um, it's tricky, but I, I would love to um, hear from you about what was flowing through you and moving uh, around the time that you decided to form the Walk to Connect Cooperative. Um, what called, you know, the cooperative form to be the form that was right for that context, that place and time? Mm, yeah, thank you. I, yeah, you know, I, one of the things that was coming up while you're talking, and it's connected to this question, um, is just, you know, like to, to, to picture, you know, similar to when you see, like, you know, as we described earlier, these teachers in the natural world that, that want us to be paying attention and learning from them and, and finding our way with them, them being trees and birds and migratory patterns and all these different, so, so we were talking earlier about kind of the self, like the going into our own openness and capacities and movement and healing and different things. But there's such, there's so much creative room in how do we as a collective, as a community, move with each other, you know, like kind of like the starlings that fly through the sky and zip through these different, the different shapes of adapting and moving and listening and falling into different places and, and honoring each other's movement, if nothing else, maybe without words for hours at a time maybe with words, but moving forward with our bodies under our true ceiling with all these things externally supporting us and trying to teach us and help us see our limitations and our humility, but also give us life and nourishment. And so you've got bodies, human humans moving and migrating and traveling nomadic or just to the grocery store and back, whatever it is. And sh people are alongside of each other, next to each other and not always or not defaulting to across tables where objectification can, can be kind of the default, um, that there's this almost unspoken subject, honoring of subjectivity. What's going on in me is complex and unique and it's honoring what's going on in you. And, and, and that is complex and unique and we're still moving forward together in conversation and listening and participation with what's around us. And so that, that picture of, of, of people moving together in its, in its, you know, kind of simple nature, which most of the world is, is, is inherently doing. Um, but this human movement together. And so lean that into that, that, that essence was so much the inspiration behind forming Walk to Connect um, initially. And so Walk to Connect was started as a social business LLC in 2012. That was a product of walking across the US. I spent uh, 242 days doing a really long walk where so much of this became so loud in me and rooted in me. And so Walk to Connect was just oh, more people, being human with more people, moving with more people, um, out from the walls and the screens in ways that are creative and relational. And so as Walk to Connect formed from that, from that really honest place, uh, it just became, it just became uh, like it, it, there was uh, the words I would use, a threat or inconsistent, or it would just be, there would be the conflict of one person at the top making decisions or carrying the weight or 
even having the know the know how to know what decisions to make for the whole <laughs> like just it just didn't feel consistent with what we were trying to hold and move with these kind of these tendrils of walking communities that would start and walking groups that would start to form and so it just through a discernment process of several of our you know most you know close closest walking leaders and partners we just discern that it, and truly just experimenting. I mean, wa a walking co-op, what does that mean? How, like you can imagine all the confusion that still exists <laughs> around <laughs> when it comes to, and I say confusion loosely, what I mean by that is just compared to the, the model that, that you were speaking to earlier of the capitalistic, like dog eat dog, like transaction, top down, mm -hmm. like compared to that, it's, it's confusing because that is so dominant in the u.s it is Dominant. it is it, you're contrasting a shared experience with what we normal normatively think of as a private you know gain or something right. <laughs> yeah it's so different it's like categorically so different so different and so that yeah so to your question just kind of weaving around it you know it's it has been, oh, it has been a learning journey um, and, and roots a lot into some of your, uh, just your, uh, what you shared earlier about kind of everyone, you know, being on different pages. And we had this kind of, this color palette of people that were just, that were trying and imperfectly moving into trust. And, and, and we have continued to evolve and um, we started as a worker-owned cooperative where there were six owners. We added three additional owners after, after the first year. Way too many. <laughs> um, learned a lot. Beautiful people. Beautiful experimenting. And we, we eventually have pared down and gotten, a gotten way more intentional with how the ownership structure works. And, and it's still uh, this kind of loot like this unfolding experiment because it's so it's it's hard it's hard but it's also walk to connect wouldn't the co-op i wouldn't have survived uh because in and of itself walk to connect has a really complex business model in terms of supporting people and like in and of itself so walk to connect as a as a community as an organization as a vibration wouldn't have it wouldn't have survived up to this point i don't believe without it being a cooperative because when we transitioned in 2016 to a co-op we created these really intentional agreements and it invited everyone to go beyond just this is my role in a company and this is what i do to we are a story of relationships and we are stories of human emotions and and we're building something together and and we're across the table together and isn't this a beautiful thing and that shows up all the time and when you affirm that kind of nurturing condition it to me it just had that you know it has so much uh, fruit for sustainability and for mm -hmm the edges of what we think is possible or too much or impossible. And um, anyway, I could go on and on. That's a lot, but it's a beautiful question. I, I, I love, I, I'm connecting deeply with what you're sharing about how forming this as a cooperative and, and also as a 
co-learning, co-creating, co-being together experiment is what lends to its resilience, right? Like, because we're, it's a different pattern, different patterning there than, than uh, something that we're trying to climb to the top and, you know, it's, it's win or lose. It's no, we're in this together. And so whatever we end up with is something that we'll have all of our hands and all of ourselves yes. in it. Yes. And so we just have to trust that process and embrace, you know, our dreaming and embrace our being together. And so I love how you're connecting that with resilience. Uh, another thing about uh, successful cooperatives is they often, there's, they often kind of cluster together in towns or cities or kind of communities because I think one of the ways that we are just built to learn best is by watching others do it, right? Um, I remember being visiting the um, kind of uh, UMass Amherst, kind of that area of Western Massachusetts where there's a, there's a lot of co-ops, there's a co-op clustering, if you will. And uh, we visited this one co-op that was a two-person co-op um, looking to become a five-person. All the employees, there was five employees at the time, co-op uh, eventually. And it was a, a laundry and linen, like a diaper washing service called Simple. And, uh, and I asked the founders, um, why did you decide to become a co-op? And they said, well, we didn't think too hard about it. <laughs> there's there's co-ops all around us. I mean, we've, we've all seen how it works. And so we just figured, you know, if we're going to build something, we might as well co-own it as equals. Yeah. And it's just, it's so obvious to them, you know, yes. because they have, they had experienced it all around them in their community. They had plenty of examples mm -hmm. of other small businesses they could interview about how they're a co-op. And so it just, it was an obvious choice. Whereas here or in areas where there's fewer co-ops around to visit or to learn from or to talk to it's like this thing feels so obscure and different and exactly. i don't know it's so unattainable right exactly. when it's actually um can be really simple and so just tying it back to we learn best in communities as well and we learn from watching each other we're primates you know going back on this th this thread of evolution you know it's like that's there's so many natural pathways um, that if we just you know kind of let them mm -hmm. unfold, we would have a lot of fruit fruits coming out of that that nourish communities for the long the long haul. And when I look at how things are kind of um, struggling and breaking down in society right now, yeah. one of the things that gives me hope every day is just well maybe this will allow for the emergence of what we always have been and we don't have to keep repressing yes. repressing the sides of us that have wanted to thrive yeah. in communal ways and in collaboration and in self-expression um so yes. i hope i hope so <laughs> i hope so too my friend and i and it's why i'm i'm grateful thank you for having this space for us because you know this kind of and connecting it to all these different pieces and you know just it's why i care you know the as shared in many different settings on this on this call but like the the you know the essence just one branch of many one paths of one one th one thing that is waiting for us in its own way no matter where this meets you if you are somebody who has no choice but to be moving by foot or by wheelchair to get to work to get to every day and it is a violent stressful experience far from enjoyable and freeing but more so oppressive because of systems it's 
it's, 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 it's inviting, can there just be 10 or 15 more minutes on your way to take a breath and to go to, to do it with more intention, to just, just to, to hold it with humility and open, like to just to nurture your body with a little more time because the walking in and of itself, however this meets you is so important for any of us and all of us, for those that are, that get around primarily by car, you know, that all the expansive opportunity to be replacing trips, rearranging how we move. Like, I, I really like to get practical with some of this because it's like something that I just, if you, if your primary form of transportation is by, by automobile right now in this time to just gently park it, park that thing 15, 20 minutes up one mile away from your destinations and start to be open to this whole new relationship to the places you are going with this essence, like this cooperative, this cooperative invitation, like what is cooperatively happening around you? What is cooperatively happening within you? And who can I invite with me on my next walk to open and and learn from and see all the things that can that can teach us how to be more human with each other across difference differences divides all these kind of binary things you know i know that's a lot of invitation but just this thinking of i love to make it practical around however it meets us in our day-to-day how can we how can we take these 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 small steps to and I just invite walking is one way, uh, rolling is one way outside to be growing our capacity for cooperation, my friend. So Yes, absolutely. Thank you for framing that invitation for those who are listening. And um, I'd like to add to it a little bit. So um, I think that we endure um, as individuals a great deal of or a fair amount of um, cognitive dissonance when we are in many ways repressed from being able to live out full lives and and you know be living a life of dignity and self-expression for whatever the external causes of that may be um, and and sometimes internal causes as well and so i'd like to invite connection to um you could think of it as your intuition or um, the God within that's within you um, or your connection, your personal connection to God that's within you. Um, connecting to a deeper sense of wisdom um, that may be subtle. And so, you know, our conscious brains aren't always engaging at that level. But as you're, as you're walking or moving, maybe um, connecting at that level, um, because I think that there is similar to how the body has its own healing processes and how the soul almost has its own healing pathways if we give it the right conditions and we let it, you know, this bilateral movement, as you talked about, you know, if we let these things flow out of us, I think there's also a um, healing that can take place when our mind clears itself on the basis of this intuition, this power to integrate you know, different threads that we may have been chaotic within us. 
the power to tie those together into a richer weave. So um, when you're moving, maybe think about, or just kind of not think about, but just tap into <laughs> that intuitive part of yourself and ask, you know, are there parts of who I need to become? Are there parts of who I, what role I need to play in my community that are asking me to cooperate with it, to let it flow through me, to let it pass through this, this existence, this form. Um, And so maybe you will discover um, deeper, richer ways that you can show up when you come back from that movement, you know, that, that meditation show up to roles that are uh, in your family, in your community, around you, um, but also maybe roles to play that come from an even deeper place that come from, you know, fulfillment of your human potential or come even from, you know, your ancestors or from <laughs> your your descendants yet to be born and what they kind of need or want from you to become, right? So ca- stepping into, into that, um, I think, is a way we can experience more whole wholeness and less cognitive dissonance. Um, and move as more natural beings in the world. And I think everything we touch from after we do that kind of a process, everything we touch is imbued with that magic as well. So cooperatives and things that, you know, really transform economic and social conditions for people might have an easier time flowing from that place, you know? Oh, yes, yes, friend. All of that, all of it. There's so much there, and I and I think you, uh, you're highlighting also energetically too that, like the the need, the, uh, the desperation in in so many ways for, the, for us collectively, unique to each of us, wherever this meets you, wherever it meets me, wherever it meets. I mean, w- w- right where we are. Like, how are we going in? to that intuitive place with care, with self-compassion, with courage, because we need it. Like we need to, to clear more of what mm. has been blocking us from intuiting our way into a more human condition at time. And I, so I, I just, I just want to, yes, I just want to, <laughs> I'm just with you in that. And yeah, uh, there's so much. <laughs> Um, so on that theme and in closing, would you like to speak a little bit about intrinsic paths and how you're inviting people into flowing with themselves with more, um, more vi- vibrancy and grace, if you will? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, so much of everything I've, I've shared is kind of woven around in like this intrinsic paths frame. I, it's, so I, I, as I shared, I consider myself at heart an artist I, I feel so I'm always thinking in these or feeling in these creative kind of realms around how to how to use and how to work with art and I do a lot of stuff with rocks and wood and drawing and ink and pencil and poetry and just these elements that often and sometimes can be beyond words sometimes using words to just invite and to draw out this intrinsic this intuitive this all, all the things that are already within us that can help teach us, steer us, hold us, um, you know, and then that relating with and moving with other people and with the natural world that these relationships to, I love this quote from one of my teachers. Uh, I went to the 
this school called the Living School for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And one of the teachers, Richard Rohr, um, I just, it's a quote that has been, that has stuck with me. I'm going to, I'm going to share two quotes because there's two as I'm thinking about this one. One is um, go into relationship with what you desire to know. And I, I just, that ache feels so loud when it comes to between us. I, I want to know what the tree is trying to teach me. So I want to spend time seeing and being with the tree. I want to know what the water can teach me. So I need to just spend time with, with the rushing water. I need to know what my moving body can teach me. So I want to move my body more and let it emerge and show up. And, and just, I, I want to know what's going on on the inside of somebody I don't understand. I, how do I go into relationship with that somebody to better understand? Like there's just, there's so much. And so that is the essence. Intrinsic paths is the essence. Um, I'll add this quote, an amazing teacher who is just um, such, such a, a, an influence around some of the creative work that I'm doing. And it's Doc, Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman. And there's a commencement speech called The Sound of the Genuine. And this and so this this what is the sound like the sound of the genuine in me and the sound of the genuine in you when we get there like how we get there these i'm adding my own words there but makes the same music this like the sound of the genuine makes the, like when we really get into these places and so that is the essence my friend of intrinsic paths it's a creative project and it uses walking art poetry um, i organize a lot of my support and just community through patreon I'm just constantly experimenting and moving alongside a lot of people and programs and organizations. It's very, very circular, far from linear. <laughs> and, um, and Pedestrian Dignity is also a campaign connected to that. And there's a ways of walking workshop of sorts that's um, connected to that as well. That could be a great tool if you're interested. So. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do through Intrinsic Paths and just through your being of really inviting um, us into deeper relationships with ourselves and with each other and with the natural world and how all these different realms um, are, are shared and experienced within us and um, and for getting us to move with these things and move the stuck parts of ourselves. So thank you for modeling that. Thanks for inviting people into those spaces. Um, and it's such a, a joy and a pleasure every time we get a chance to connect. And thank you so much for sharing with me your thoughts today about um, these kind of deeper, um, more kind of, it's hard to put words to it sometimes because we, we are just, we are more than we can put words to as human beings. And so we, you know, it's like, we're, we're just talking about what it is to be natural, which seems very simple, but is actually very complicated these days. So thank you for going into that, that kind of strangeness with me. I love exploring cooperation and cooperating in its many, many forms, because it really, you know, again, I wanted to have this conversation because it's really not just about cooperatives and the structural and economic benefits that they can have, which is, they can, and they're excellent. But uh, how we get there is we need to kind of recover powers of cooperating um, within ourselves and within our communities. And that may, in fact, increase our, our power as humans and as people and as communities. 
and you know um, that has many implications for our future but I hope that cooperating and I, I've seen how it ties into more of a you know liberated self and more of a liberated collective circumstance so um, yes so whatever we can do to spread this praxis <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it <laughs> so thank you for being here with me Oh, it's such a blessing, my friend. Love who you are and love and cherish your work. And thank you for having me. This is a beautiful needed space. So blessings and thank you.